The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker at the time of the recording are not necessarily those of Jupiter and may change in the future. Jupiter is unable to provide investment advice, so we recommend you discuss any investment decision with a financial advisor. Market and exchange rate movements can cause investment values to fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than originally invested. Any data or views given in this podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in Jupiter's podcast series. My name is Sam Pennyfather and today I'm joined by two members of the Jupiter Merlin team, John Chapel-Roberts and Alistair Irvin. On the back of a quite remarkable year, we'll discuss what could be in store for investors going forward. Gentlemen, welcome. Shall we start with a potential shift towards a more favourable environment for value investing? Where do we stand here? Well, it's interesting, Sam, that uh, value investing has had a, a truly horrific last, well, 10 years, really. Um, and perhaps we are now sh- seeing the green shoots of recovery um, as the vaccine news comes through and there is a prospect of life returning to normal sometime in 2021. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just slightly unfortunate that, that this, uh, this label of, of quality is always attached to growth style companies. There are, ver- there are very good quality companies that are undervalued. And uh, and there is always this impression that that uh, that you're you're not investing in quality companies at the value end. There are some very good quality businesses to be had there. I'm looking at valuations. Could one be forgiven for asking whether the big tech names, for example, are now due a correction? Well, it's a fascinating question. The big tech names, and I guess we talk um, about people like Microsoft and Alibaba and the uh, American Fangs. It's all about their valuation, because there is no doubt that they are continuing to grow their earnings um, and there doesn't seem any likelihood of that stopping. Um, Are they overvalued? They've been overvalued for some time. They could stand still. They might even come back a bit. But it's all about the timing. And in the long term, it's all about compounding returns. Yes, and it's the extent to which in uh, an economy where you've got relatively sluggish growth, that, that these companies uh, are, are more in control of their destiny. That's not to say that they're not economically insensitive, uh, but, but they tend to have a greater control over the direction of travel rather than being purely reliant on the economy. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one to, to watch. And as our listeners will know, Merlin team are in the business of portfolio construction. So an important consideration will be where you stand on the inflation debate. Um, how do you see this panning out and what could investors consider in their portfolios to guard against the potential uptick? Well, of course, the question is, will there be a, a potential uptick in inflation? We foresee low interest rates for many years to come. Um, and that is with a backdrop of huge debt in the world, um, both at a government level and at a corporate level. So the backdrop for significant inflation is not really there unless supply doesn't rise to meet the the pent-up demand in a post-COVID world. Um, Within the portfolios, we've got gold. We've had gold since 2008, and that is classically an inflation hedge. But we also own equities which are real assets, and real assets 
are a thing that investors need to hold uh, in an inflationary world. Yes, indeed. And we've had, of course, we've had 10 years worth of, of ultra low inflation to the extent that it really hasn't been a, a problem at all. And, but, there are, but there are big forces at work here, the, the big deflationary pressures from things like disruptive technology and, uh, and, and slack capacity in the economy. Uh, as we move beyond the COVID crisis, you've still got this surplus capacity of labour and capital. And, and inflationary pressures, to the extent that they're there, won't even be able to make themselves felt until that surplus has been removed from the system as, as economies grow and they reach equilibrium again. What happens beyond that, of course, is very much in the lap of the gods. And a lot of that is political, depending on fiscal expenditure and fiscal expansion and the acceleration of money into the economy and whether those competing forces of potentially inflationary pressures uh, overwhelm the deflationary pressures or indeed whether it's the other way around, as has been the case for the last 10 years. Well, plenty of food for thought for sure. Gentlemen, many thanks for your time and thanks everyone for listening. And we look forward to you joining us for future podcasts. It's a pleasure, Sam. Thank you. Thank you.